All right. So my wife says, I want to do a podcast with you. I'm like, of course, man. Heck yeah, let's do a podcast. <laughs> That's not all I said. And then <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm abbreviating and then I, and then I get a, a long list of notes. This is what I'm we're going to discuss on the podcast. Here are the things that I want to talk about. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought this was my podcast. <laughs> who's who's running this show? No. Not I, me, apparently. As, as one of your producers, I try to come up with things that people are asking us over and over. Like, yes. because I see all of our mess. You, uh, by the way, I see all of his messages and I look, all look, babe, sometimes I want to fly by the seat. <laughs> of my, I don't get to fly by the seat of my pants much, but sometimes these podcasts I like to. Well, that's great. As you should. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> today we have notes. Today we have notes. Based uh, off of questions people are asking. Well, in the month of May, um, we did come up with something decent. for. So for the Agogi this month, we're talking about essentially families and how uh, relationships, finances, your fitness, education, all play into play into that. So every month we kind of have a theme in the mentorship, in the Agogi coaching mentorship program um, that we're talking about. Last last month we talked about gap and gain, which was excellent. Um, and this month, getting in ready to go to summer, we're going to be talking a lot about these things. So we figured, well, well, we didn't figure. She figured the the French we. We. <laughs> we. Um, is why not just double down on the podcast and use some of that same material to discuss the building stronger families series, if you will, which is you know important. It's what's why everything's all fucked up now, <laughs> man. Actually. It's really true. That's really the exact truth. I just saw a meme today, and oh my god, it it's sad, but it's so true. It was Derek Carver actually posted it. Oh, that was cool, man. Did I, you see it? Carver, no, I saw the one from... Derek uh, Whitest video Whitus with the boys. With the boys. Yeah. So good. Derek Carver posted one that said, I gave I gave my life or I tried to give lay down my life to years ago to support and defend what our country was. And now I would lay down my life to support and defend my family from what it has become. Mm, damn. Yeah. And it's sad... Well, I feel the same way. I mean, I, I spent, you know, the majority, I gave my youth, essentially. Not that I'm not old. <laughs> You're old? Older. <laughs> um, I'm still young, you know. Some people, a lot of people would call me still young. Um, but, yeah, I spent, you know, the, the younger years of my life fighting for this idea. And, man, I look around now and it's like, I mean, that was the reason why, you know, before before um, the gym situation, nobody even knew, like, my political stance, my religious stance. They didn't know where I, it was none of their business, really, and I didn't really want to talk about it. I didn't want to talk about the government, politics. I didn't want to talk about any of it because I did my time in the military, and I wanted to get out, grow my hair long, be a hippie, and just enjoy life. You know what I mean? Surf, build businesses, make money, serve people, and, and, and stay out of everybody's nonsense. And then just the freaking, you know, the walls came crashing down on me. And I'm like, this is not what I fought for. I fought for, you know, a constitution. I fought, I fought for these ideas and these beliefs so that we'd have these, that America and families would have these individual liberties. And it just got ripped away from me. Well, what's scary wow. is how fast. Like overnight. And all you have to do is give people now, a little dose of fear, a, a and lot, it's like here you go, of, whatever. Yeah, a lot of people are going to say that it's it wasn't overnight; that it was so. And, it, and you're they're right; it it was slowly encroaching over the period of decades. They've slowly taken control, 
But then there was a big push, obviously, we know, because of, you know, the pandemic. Did I say that right? <sighs> um, you know, they, they did. They stripped away. Well, Anyways. speaking of exactly that. So essentially, you've said it before, there's like several different quotes throughout history that really dive into it, but it talks about basically, how does it go? Strong men create, no, weak men create hard times, hard times create strong men, strong men, what, how does it go? Um, Strong men create good times. Wait, wait, maybe we got to look it up so we make sure we get it right. Strong men. Great good times. Good times create weak men. Okay, yes. Weak men. Okay, wait, wait. Create hard times. Hard times create strong men. I said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. And the cycle continues. And the cycle continues. So we were at a state of a good time, right? Like our country was at a place where... I was, I was having a good time. <laughs> we really were. We worried about shit. We were way... We were getting past, you know, the war on terror we were getting to a place financially where our country seemed to be doing a lot better and even like trump was trying to create a place where we literally like we're bringing Drive. business back to yeah. the u.s and all of those things and I we like were we, i feel like we were a part of that that plan a little bit and all the strong men that stood up for like all the things that were happening the 20 years prior mm-hmm. created good times for us and then what happened those good times the war, the war machine War machine was on where everybody was making money. Yeah. And then that created good times, right? Because of how you stood up and took care of us. And then then we got a bunch of young people who were weak. They're fucking weak, man. A lot of their fathers were away, right? A lot of their, like. At this point, a lot of their fathers were weak. And then now we're in this position because the door was wide open and everybody was weak and we were a little bit of fear and here we are. Yeah. Scary. You know, it was really, we just watched Tetris. If has anybody seen Tetris, you, it's it's on Apple Plus, but it was so flipping good, right? Yeah, it was pretty good. And it was, it was a baller. It was cool because if you grew up in the 90s and 80s and stuff, and like you remember Game Boys coming yeah. out and you remember like Tetris coming out, like this is the whole story of how they got the game and how it all started. I wonder how accurate it was. We, we, we looked it up a little bit. It seemed like everybody was saying like this is, because it was produced by the, the people, right? Right. And his daughter or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So essentially oh, and the 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 Russian guy that created the created the game originally yeah. was a producer as well. He was involved. He was involved. Anyways, it was a good movie. So it was really good, but it shows you communism at its heart and how it was and how I mean and it's it's exact like exactly how it was in our lifetime in the USSR, now yeah, Russia. Pre ninety one, yeah. So if you need a good dose of what it looks like <laughs> to give up Fine. all your freedoms, go watch Tetris. But see, even then it showed the hypocritical nature of communism because they're like taking bribes and like that was really of, the only how they thrived. Yeah, you're 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 really still being you're still at at, at, at your heart a capitalist because you're taking opportunity and trying to and trying to benefit off it. You know, granted, there's some people out there that are like hardcore, you know communist but the reality is majority of them are people like doing shit on the side they were they had a whole black market thing i mean you can't stop you can't stop it yeah the country the leadership of the country is still corrupt and in control of course man so so that goes to us too though like if you if you we became a a a technically a com you know socialist and then because socialism is a is a gateway drug to communism if the only people 
it's just ridiculous because all the politicians and everybody that puts capital or puts communism in place or socialism in place, they're just gonna do the same shit. It's all about themselves. Yeah, yeah. they're still capitalists. They just want, it's, it's a it's just control us that, grab. It's just yeah. us that you know has to deal with it. The hardworking, right. right? So okay, regarding all that, we like you're to, you and you exude strong man, right? You are the representation of what like if you ask somebody. Oh, hell yeah. If you ask somebody what that looks like, they would probably kind of spell out a, fo- a picture of you, right? Sure. But, but I said all that to say because we have talked about this before. There's difference between somebody and what they think like an alpha male is like versus like what it actually is. People have this idea of this like toxic, aggressive, controlling like. I would I would say a select. Some people do demographic right? of. Person. Well, if you said somebody was in special operations and they're this, that, and the other, they're kind of picturing a Those big... Those dudes, all the former special operations guys, gross majority are probably high on weed and doing shrooms. <laughs> that look like, and they all look Petting like... Petting dogs dude. and painting yeah, butterflies. They all look like the dude from... Um, uh, what was the movie? Come the on, dude? Mark. Yeah, the dude. What big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're all like that. They just happen to be also very dangerous. Right. So it's funny because, you know, as a kid, I remember being afraid of like big dudes that had a deep voice, like because my dad had like was like a little shorter guy and he had like a different kind of voice. and He was funny. And I remember like bigger dudes coming around and I would be like very scared and threatened. I hope you don't want to be listening to this. (laughs) Even my own uncle kind of scared me because his voice was so deep and he was so big. and, And our son just like has no understanding of like big dudes being a threat. Like nope. zero. He likes like, it. He likes big, we deep were, voice, scary we were, dude. Yeah, we were out at uh, in Hawaii and he was like, where's my other daddy? Where's the big daddy? <laughs> and I was like, Josh. who's your other daddy? The big daddy. The, the big, big daddy. And, and so he just looked at Josh and said, that's a dad. Yeah. And he knows he can tell he's friends with you. And he has tattoos all over his body. And yeah. he's like massive human being. And our son just is like, that's my other daddy. That's That's where it's at right there. But it's just because that's all he knows, right? Yeah. So when we're talking about the picture of leadership in a home or of leadership as a male role model, like let's say you don't have kids yet. Let's just say as a spouse, as a partner, as a head of household, whatever you want to call it. Like I just want to say from personal experience as before we even had a kid together, you know, people think different things about you because you're intense and you're direct and you're very bottom line and high D personality and an alpha male, all those things. But this is the truth. Not, but not everybody's like you, Nick. <laughs> maybe they should be. I've gotten to doubt 41. I've realized that, well, you know what? Maybe they should be. But this is the truth to the, it's core. The, the one thing that people don't always see is that you lead by example all of the time. So it's like, uh, cut me some slack there. I'm 95% of the time. Okay. Whatever you want to say, I'm, I'm telling as your wife to the general public that I see you lead by example, you lead from the front lines. You're not on top of a pedestal waiting and watching everybody do your dirty work for you. I've seen you throughout our lives together. We've been together almost 10 years. 100% of the time, eat last, go last, back up the pack. To make sure that you are really, truly a good leader. Yes, but I'm still 
you know, only 95% cyborg and I still have my own. <laughs> Everybody shit. does. I still got my own shit I'm working on. But it is something that's super interesting to me is that like you explained to me when even in boot camp, mm-hmm. you're reading last. Well, that yeah, that was by design for me. But but that's something. But I, put, I put myself there, yeah. So, so throughout your whole career, mm-hmm. you've seen yourself as a leader. Probably your whole life, yeah. you've you've seen yourself as a leader. Yeah. But for you, that's meant service. Yeah, I mean that's really that's really what it is, and you kind of nailed it. It's a, a true leader is somebody who truly sets the example. It's not just speaking out. What do they say like speaking out of the side of your mouth? Yeah. It, it, it's it's not even about what you say. What you say comes secondary up to where what you do. I think it's a lot of why a lot of men struggle in the home is because they'll talk out of the side of their mouth. They'll say one thing, but then their actions say other things. And that's that creates the conundrum for the family because your wife goes, yeah, you're talking a bunch of shit, but you don't actually come through. Like when the day's over, you don't actually serve me. You don't actually help. You don't actually do the things you say you're going to do. So, I mean, and that's like... So, so on that, yeah. so how do you respect somebody? Like right. if, I, if I was talking about all these ideas that I want to do and, you know, all the businesses that we're going to do and the metrics that we're going to hit and all the, the things that I'm going to implement and the fitness and the nutrition and all the decisions I'm going to make. Like, that's cool. <laughs> but I say it, but then I'm eating donuts, I sleep in, I don't go to the gym, I don't communicate the way that I say I'm like, what would you think of me? I'd be like, yeah, he's cool with it. Right. I've been married to that before. I know exactly what it's like. And and that would put a strain on the relationship. Put a strain not, on the relationship. Not, and, not, to, not to skip forward on a different conversation, but it would put a strain on the relationship. It, it ultimately ends up being like, okay, well, I don't trust what you're going to say. And this is the truth is not only when people do that, if you're somebody that's like says this one thing and then you do the opposite and you're going against everything that you truly believe or everything that you're saying, you don't even believe yourself. So then yeah. you start to have a low self-worth because you're, you're, not even believing in yourself. Right. And it creates, it, it does create some internal, a lot of internal conflict because now your self-belief, even though you say shit, like you lay there and it, and it creates depression and anxiety and all these different things in men. So, Okay. So I want to say this just, just for the sake of, cause people ask us all the time, you know, as far as like husband and wives or partners go, right. Cause we're not experts on relationships. We have had lots of failed ones. Okay. So this is more like, <laughs> let's not put us in the same boat All right. one. Oh come on so here's the deal the truth your your version your, your 2.0 that's i'm not i'm not i'm only a two babe okay good deal yeah. no but truly when you're in that position right where like you're trying to change your life or you're you want to change the way that your family is you want to make your family stronger mm-hmm. but your partner's not pulling their weight they're not there talk for, we talk time. about this all the time but yeah. people still hit me up about it so there's one thing i just have been who's people men or women both really i have both hit me up i've had guys hit me up and ask if they if i think their book would be a good idea to give to their wife <laughs> Your book? My book would be a good idea to give to their wife. I don't know how we do that. And I, well, and I said. I well, couldn't get by your book and just throw it at you. No. Like, my, I think you should read this, babe. My book is called How Not to Be a Miserable Cow. So. Hindsight, I feel like we should have changed that title. <laughs> Maybe we should change that title and relaunch it. And just it. relaunch it to something yeah. else. Yeah. Um, how Not to Be a Miserable Cow. But 
that's maybe something that you don't need to like give to your wife to like get the ball rolling. Maybe that's like later down the road, you something you could introduce as like what a if fun. He, what if a guy buys it? <laughs> what if a guy buys it and reads it for themselves? They don't buy it for their wife. They buy it and they read it. Or they I, strategically like they're sitting on the couch and they're reading this book. I mean, that's a little weird. Is it? It's like pink and <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It, it's a great book either way, but I do think it's more directed towards women. It is um, 100% directed yeah. at women, but how do you buy that as a male? How do you buy that for your significant other? I think probably you just wait until you got the ball rolling in other areas. Mark, would you buy Caitlin a uh, How Not to Be a Miserable Cow book? <laughs> Hell no. Nah. <laughs> um, so this is something I want to say just because I think it's like we get this asked this a lot and there's different things. And I think, you know, when your person is, whether it's the, the guy or the girl that's not on board with making your family stronger, which I can't imagine that somebody wouldn't be on board with making your family stronger, like saying that they wouldn't, I, I, but their actions are different. Comfortability is like they... You know, what do you, what do you say? They want their cake and they, something like ice cream and right. maybe they don't see the things that they're doing with yeah. how, what they feed their kids or how, you know, whatever oh, as, if, as a problem or whatever. But this is the bottom line. There's two things I want to say. One, ladies, when we talk about this stuff, when we're talking about specifically guys being the leader in your family and all that stuff, what we're talking about is guys taking a leadership role from a place of servitude to one's family. He's offering himself to work hard and provide for you and the kids that you guys created together. Sometimes if, if he is doing that, if he is that guy, yeah, if he is that guy and he's doing those things, I just want like for a minute for you to think about from an empathetic point because like women are really given so much slack and in a in a good family in a in a healthy strong family men don't get to be upset for a day and just say well my hormones da 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 da, da I don't want to I don't feel like it I'm going to cry you say, are you saying you get some slack I get way more slack. I mean, think about if if a guy takes some liberty to like chill out, their whole family could like crumble. They could lose their house. You know what right. I mean? Like right. if a woman takes a few days to cut some slack, there's a messy house. You know, maybe the kids aren't like on the best schedule. Think it's it's not that, you know, it's I'm not saying that like Women don't have a hard job. Women do have a hard job. But you're given more slack. You're allowed to cry. And like throughout my life, I've watched like amazing men in my life work so hard and never get a chance to like be vulnerable. And I think women need to remember that. That the person in their life that is providing for them doesn't get much of like leeway. They don't have an out. They don't have an out. Okay. So that's one thing that I wanted to say. Like, I just, I think that there's some support that needs to be, that needs to be remembered there that they don't get to like be. Have a bad hormonal day. <laughs> or like slack off or like, no. you know, not which. If, not if you're going to be on the top. Not if you're going to be good. And that's why I think so many men struggle in so many ways with vices. 
because they are looking, they need need support. They need an out. They need to feel like they have something to like let off some steam because they have no. The issue becomes they're finding it in a pleasure direction instead of a purpose direction. Right. Like we can find those things. That's what we've built in the Agogi. We can, we can find those, those, those off steam, you know, the decompression moments, but they have to be done in a right way because otherwise they do turn into the six pack of beer, the pornography, the drugs, the TV over over consumption of TV or, you know, being on your phone, checking out, checking out. Yeah. That's what it turns into instead of doing the, it's, it's much more difficult to do it the right way. You know, it's easy to check out and do it all those other things. It's easy to crack a beer and just go six deep and just numb it. And, and I, you're not really solving the problem. Right. And I think only the only probably women who fully grasp that, that position that men are in are women who had it like have our single mothers yeah. because you know, when you get to then that, you feel, pl- it. you feel that you, you feel, feel the yeah. pressure of the bills, the schedules, the jobs, that's the a, second jobs. That's like the, a whole other separate thing. Cause then they do the guilt mom thing and it doesn't serve them. You know, they're having to wear two hats. And, it's and they feel not, guilty. And they, and they yeah. shouldn't feel guilty, but it's like, how else do you feel about like your right, kid growing up without a father? So it's like, I feel like that, those women probably really do get it. They understand that a good man, like really truly has all the weight of the world on their shoulders. And because now they have the weight of the world on their shoulders and they don't get to let off and have a self-care day or whatever. So, so let's flip that around then. All right. Um, I agree with what you're saying. And unfortunately, in this day and age, you almost can't even say that without it being like super. Like if if, if we post that clip of you saying just that, the comments are going to be outrageous, okay? Because it's not even accepted that you can have that belief, really. The gross populace. But what do you say about the women who are like, and I'm like, let's put you, like you work full time. Let's get let's get it straight. Like most of the house and the food is your deal. Still, like you work full time, you still feed everyone. We have guests over. You feed all of them. You do all the shopping. You do. I mean, we don't go get it. Instacart. <laughs> yeah, it's not an ad for them. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Like yeah. you're the one that's planning, prepping, doing that. All the mother stuff with the kids. All the planning, even my kids. All the planning, the scheduling, everything is all on you. So, like, can you say the same thing? So, to an extent, like, I definitely think that working moms have a a double hat and they probably, like, have to find their own balance of what that means for you. Because, like, for me, I work from about eight or nine to four because that, you know, and so that's at that point, then I'm on mom duty and then I switch back. So I have a nanny that helps me throughout the day and I work from home. She's there helping with him and then I'm working. So whatever it is, whether it's daycare or whatever you have for your kids to do, or if you don't have kids, whatever, there's like some sort of stuff that you can do. Right. But like, I think the biggest thing for women is just getting organized and making things like figuring out what your priorities and your big rocks are and all that. But I still believe that if something were to change in our situation, and I'm not the primary breadwinner, then I still have leeway. I still have slack. Like I can go through something. Society-wise. Well, society-wise and like in our home, like with you. You know what I mean? And you have done. You have been through that. But then again, this is what I will say. For men. Okay, so this and I is... I have to go still. 
for men, like keep in mind, like as you're pursuing, whether it is like your own dreams and visions and goals or just your career path and climbing the corporate ladder or whatever it is for you, keep in mind when you're doing that, that most likely your partner also had dreams, goals, all of those things as well. And when the two of you decided to make kids, if you have kids, if you decided to make kids and that's something that you want to do, you're asking her to put those things on hold. Because even though if you're going to be the primary breadwinner and stuff like that, you can take care of things and she can take a break to be with your kid, doesn't mean if she still wants a kid, it doesn't mean that she doesn't still have dreams, visions, and goals, right? And that in the back of a lot of women's minds, I think a lot of times the reason women get so like, resentful and bitter and all those things is because they still have those things Mm -hmm. and maybe they thought that the father or the co-parent would be helping them like so much so that they could pursue them as well so like you know when women typically will put themselves on the back burner to raise kids like they're they usually want to come back out eventually come off the back burner and be back a part of life and things like that so like When I say leadership in a family, I'm still talking about serving your family. And serving your family is more than just like bringing home a paycheck and going out drinking with your buddies. That sounds awful to me. But there's a lot of families where that's the case. The guy still does like the 50s shit. (laughs) The guy goes to work, comes and goes out with his homies because there's a check and the kids can feed themselves with the mom when, you know what I mean? Be home when I'm home. Yeah. And so for us, that just like, it's not always a perfect science, but like you serve our family, like in more ways than one. And so in, to me, it just means partnership. It just means teamwork. Building a stronger family is like 100% commitment to teamwork and whatever roles you guys need to do. Yeah, I really think it's like anything else. What is the, what is the, the vision? What is your vision and what are you building towards? If you and your partner are on the same page, you have the same goal, well, then decisions are really easy. Does this get us closer or further? Does this decision get us closer or further away than the goal? And if you're not synced up and you don't have the same goal, then that's where problems come. And then you can look that in a business, right? If, you, if the business, two business partners, write their goal on, on the board and it's not the same, well, you're going to have distinction. And then you're going to build resentment. You're going to have fights and you're going to have problems and be passive aggressive and all the stupid stuff that comes with it. But as long as the goal is on the board, like we try with all of our businesses, not try, we do. And when it comes and we sit around this table and we make decisions, it's like, does it get us closer or further away? That's the only, that's it. If it doesn't get us closer, it's out. No ego involved. So it's the same thing in relationship. What's the goal? What's the vision? If it changes, you got to communicate that it's yeah. changing. Yeah. I think that's a big one too, you know, like, and, and it's okay for it to change, but you guys, do you have to it sort probably out? It will change yeah. through, through chapters of your, of your life. And as kids, you know, somebody's going to want a kid at some point, most likely. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, goes from like, okay, do, how uh, do we communicate? I think it's this? always funny that people know. And then it's like, well, I just wanted to say too. So like that whole thing about like the head of household, and everything along those it's lines. Same, it's the same thing. It's just a, a setting the example in communication. Well, and again, if somebody's like the head of household, it, and everybody, you know, maybe your wife is the primary breadwinner, and that's okay. That's the way you guys have worked out your You're situation. 
or no, like you work, but she makes more than you. And so it's like, she slacks off your, you know what I mean? Whatever it is. Remember, uh, you remember Mr. Mom? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Michael Keaton. Yes. Was a great movie. Yeah. And so like, you know, what a, it, what a mess. <laughs> so th- this is a good thing too. Like, okay. In a lot of ways, like religious fanatics would jump on. Cause there's like a scripture that says, and I think I even pulled it up. There's a scripture that says, um, Wives, subject yourselves to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife. Right? Say that again? It said, it says, wives, subject yourselves to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife. Okay. Okay? Yeah. And it says, the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the body. Or as the husband I, is I the don't, body. I don't know about all that, but I know this. This is what I do now. Well, so fanatics are like, well, that's how that goes, that you should, you're the head of the house and that's. Yeah, but what I see is a lot of times women get overly aggressive and overly, like you, you're very aggressive. (laughs) And if you weren't married to someone like me, you would walk all over them, right? Am I right or wrong? I mean, sure. (laughs) I don't even think it would be necessarily like I would walk all over them intentionally like, fuck this dude. I would just like, because a lot of times when someone is aggressive, there's a lot of people that are just sort of like, okay, back off. Let them do what they want. I don't back off. (laughs) So the problem with this is I believe in my deepest of hearts, all women want a lion. They want someone, even if it's a partnership, They want someone to be a dominant person in their life. A female does not want a submissive male. I believe that. And maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not, but that's what I believe. And then I see this happen when you have a nice guy, right? The nice guy syndrome, who's passive aggressive, who's just softer, who doesn't stand up for what he was and doesn't set the example. The problem is the women will start looking or the lion. <laughs> Have you seen those those tests where they do like which is more attractive and they like show women like series of photos of like mm-hmm. which is more attractive? And like throughout history they've done this like in the 50s and the 60s and it's like always the same. Yeah. It's always the same because we're naturally genetically wired to want a protector and a provider. Yeah. Like that's what we're built to yeah. desire, right? So like there there isn't really any other way to like I don't know what to say. I've not ever been one of those women that's like, yeah, mm, that skinny dude that's skinnier than me. Like, mm, yeah, <laughs> like, sorry, no. But, the, but the, and that's what the problem is, is if you don't, if a woman doesn't have that, right, it doesn't have somebody who eventually can say, sit the fuck down and chill out. You know <laughs> Challenges I mean? them, of course. Challenges yeah. them, pushes back, and they can't dominate them in conversations and desires and things like that. And I'm not talking about like, in the bedroom or anything weird yeah. like that. I'm literally talking like this day to day life. Yeah. If they can't, if if they can't, if they can be dominated, you lose. You lose Some a little respect. bit of attraction. Oh, attraction! Yeah. You know what I mean. You start losing attraction, and I've heard your stories of your others, and and literally that's happened. You're like you start to go, and this is not attractive. You're not like, even though you might get mad at me after almost ten years. You're still attracted to me. Very. You know very. what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes we get in a thing mm-hmm. and then afterwards you're like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, of course. But th- that's the thing is, and, and unfortunately in society now, men have been essentially castrated 
and their balls have been put in their wives' purse. Oh, damn. I tell them that all the time. <laughs> Who do you tell that to all the time? Oh, and somebody goes, they want to sign up for the go, let me go ask my wife. Oh, damn. I'm like, okay, well, when you go ask your wife, and while you're there, go asking her, go ahead and grab your balls and grab them out of her purse and then put them back on your body. Damn. Listen, man. Uh, some people have different finances, though, than us. I mean, some people, the wife Listen, handles the finances. I, I, uh, I get it. Okay. I get it. <laughs> and, you make, and you make purchases. You and I talk about finances a lot. But at the end of the day, sometimes Nick does what he has to do. I mean, you always do. <laughs> I don't even have access to your bank account, bro. You have your own bank account. I got my own bank account. We share. We also share some bank accounts. <laughs> Quite a bit, actually. But, but nonetheless, is it's about that decision-making process. And it's about, are you, again, if the man says, I'm going to do this because I need to, because it's in the best interest of our family, that is your decision to make. And the sooner if you you're start, healthy, yeah. If, if, yeah. Or even to get healthy. Yeah. You know, hey, I'm going to go spend $500 on this program because I'm having a problem with it. You know what I mean? And maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a drug thing, an alcoholic thing. Maybe it doesn't matter what it is. But say there's this mastermind that costs $500 and I don't have the knowledge and I need that knowledge to become a better man, better husband. That money is worth as well spent. Yes. Now, if you're, if you're, you know, buying a motorcycle or, uh, you know, something like that. But I mean, to be fair, a woman should be able to do the same. And that's exactly like when it comes to that stuff, I don't think it, it's, it has anything to do with the one or the other being ahead of the other because this is the thing i was going to say regarding that whole scripture because it's out there the way fanatics use it and everything the greek word for there's you know how it is with greek language there's bajillions of words for the same thing like how many different it's ridiculous how many yeah. different um words for certain words are there i've heard like there's like eight to 20 different for one thing for one thing yeah. so the word head like when it says you're the head of your wife, in this instance in the Bible, which specifically is kephal, which means the source, the source of a river. So it says, wives, submit to your husbands as as you do to like, as he's the head, not the head of the household as like the head of a top of a body and not the head of like a leader of like an army because there's another Greek word for that but the head as in the source of a river and how it flows. So essentially, women, if you look at it that way, like, I mean, it can go both ways again, but like, because the, there's other scriptures that say both of you guys need to submit to each other. Again, this is just for the people who are religious. In and the it, bedroom. <laughs> the people who are s s religious and interested in that part of it. It's not talking about your spouse being the top of the chart, the top of the ladder above you as in he's the head and you're the neck, not talking about any of that. It's talking about the flow and the way that the river flows. Where does the source of the river start mm -hmm. and your spouse being the person leading the flow. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it that way, it's more about going with the flow and letting the person that you've chosen to lead your family, lead your family and go with the flow. And obviously there's a million circumstances and reasons in which that person needs to be checked. They need to make, we need, you know what I mean? Like you can't just like let things go. But I will say for me, truly, it's a huge weight off of my shoulders that you're in charge. And I think women think about that the wrong way. A lot of times you're thinking about like who has the control and who has the power 
And it isn't about control or power. It's about he is the ultimately <laughs> the one responsible and the one to blame if everything goes I think, wrong. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> I think it's the opposite of that. Like I feel right. like you have less control and less power because of what you're having to you're do. You're laying down your life. You have you have limited options. Right. You have much more limited options on what you can do because of your responsibility. What was that we watched last night? We're watching a show called The Offer. And there's a guy in the movie and he's a producer and he, he his bosses said to him, they're like, listen, man, if you if you say yes, if this is the, the you want Al Pacino in this movie, because they didn't want Al Pacino to be in The Godfather. If you want Al Pacino in this movie and this thing flops, it's on you and you're the only one responsible. Oh, uh, he, said, he goes, he goes, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> you're going to be the one to blame. The only one yeah, to blame. That's right. <laughs> and you're and? Like, Yeah. I like that guy's character. Right? Yeah. But it's so true. It's like if everything is fucked, right? Your and and you're and you're the source of the river that we're following, your flow, you have the most responsibility of anyone. Right. That's what that means. And you have limited options. Yeah. Yeah. It's like now you have the power. Dude, that <laughs> means you eat last, motherfucker. You know <laughs> it means what I mean? you eat last. <laughs> it means you're responsible for the lives of everyone that's Oh, and that cookie you've been saving for three weeks? Yeah, your kids <laughs> ate that. <laughs> that's what that means. <laughs> kids, man. Or your wife ate your, your half a pint of ice cream you've been saving for three weeks because you're waiting for the right moment. Now that shit's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Dadded. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so going back to how do you support one another? How do you, you know, if you're making this change, this is, oh, God dang, man, we talk about this all the time, but really, you know, we get this in the go all the time. Like I'm on this plan, right? The men are on this plan and their wives aren't budging. They're like, and, and, and I've talked about this at Crest with the jiu-jitsu guys. It, you can't go, the 30-day challenge was the worst. And I thank God we got rid of the 30-day challenge. Because they were like, oh, I'm doing this thing. And they're all motivated about this 30-day this, this plan that they got going on. And they've got their new their routine and their diet and their training. And their and app. Doing, their app. And they're all, like, ready to go, right? They're all motivated. But the reality is, man, she didn't sign up for that shit. <laughs> That's your deal. <laughs> like She's you, still making pizza. <laughs> she's still making pizza and eating your fucking cookies and ice cream. So the, the, the way that it goes back to what I was said at the beginning of it is like you really have to do this in a way that is 100%, 100% led by example. You the one that has to get up and do the work. If, if, if she's making food for her and the kids, you got it. Sorry, bro. You're going to have to get in there and figure out your macros. Trust me. If you have a problem with that, hit me up. I'll tell you how to do it real simple because my, my meal plan when I'm on my own is much more simple than when I'm with her. You've seen it, right? Yeah, your meal plan is disgusting. <laughs> it works. It does and, work because you're starving and, and <laughs> you don't want to eat the shit. Hey, man, what do they say? We eat the less, we do the most. Yeah, that's true. Um, anyways, yeah, you stay stay lean. You stay lean. Um, but nonetheless, my point, my point being is you lead by example. You do the work. Let your family see the results. You can't talk about it. You got to be about it. And if you lead by results, it will trickle down to the wife. It will trickle to the kids. But you cannot push. You can't even. I wouldn't even talk about it. I would just do the thing. And I've done that in my life with you. I don't necessarily talk about things that I do. I just do them. Do and them consistently. I, and I do them consistently without fail. And what happens is it just happens. Like it bleeds over into you. And it has 
concepts that I've believed have bleed over to you. My routine has bled, bled, bled over to you. You know, our diet has, has, has improved because of it. I mean, is there years in the making obviously, mm -hmm. but that's a bit, maybe that's another point. You have to be patient and you have to be consistent. If you think you're going to do something for a month, women are way more patient than we are. They can wait. They're like, yeah, sure. Asshole. Let's see you do this longer than 30 days. Do it for six months. Do it for a year. Then see what happens. Yeah, I mean, with the whole drinking thing, you pretty much, like, I'd say, what, 2017, 2018, were like, I don't want to drink anymore at all. I was 16 when all this shit went hit the fan. You stopped drinking. Oh, I, Every once in a while, you'd have a Guinness. Yeah, yeah. And then I think it, it was 18, 19 that I said, I'm done. For good, like, not done. even a beer every once in a while, like, done. Awesome. And it took me another... It took me another while. Like I obviously wasn't like slamming alcohol when I was pregnant or anything, but a couple of drinks here and there. Yeah, and and it took me up another couple of years before I was ready to be done. And every time you were like bothering me about it, I was just like, whatever, like whatever. And it was like it was I wasn't budging on it because I wasn't ready. But then I did because I because I didn't see the benefits in my life and I and I saw that I needed but everyone if, I wanted to look like wasn't drinking, drinking. If I kept drinking, what would that have done? Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to stop. And I mean that's honestly a there lot of been, what there happened. Would been, there would have been no incentive. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of what happened in the first place is I married somebody who was an alcoholic and I started drinking a ton more. Like I went from drinking like out with my friends every once in a while to drinking. First time or second time? Second time. Oh. I went from from drinking out with my friends for fun to like drinking almost every night at home. You know what I mean? And that like became not like getting shit faced, but still a lot more frequent. And it was just easy because he did, you know, mm -hmm. easier to deal with him. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So we kind of talked a little bit about that already. Um, but I we did. Have, we have a list, remember? Yeah. What I wanted to talk about, okay, so speaking along the lines of, okay, because obviously this work, oh, sorry, I'll cut right here on the microphone, I was backing away. So speaking to this, just to address it, because, you know, obviously all the things we're saying work when you have two healthy people, right? But if you're dealing with people who are, you know, like have serious trauma, addiction, um, you know, whether it's alcohol or drug related, you're dealing with somebody who's got like, some more severe things happening and you're in a, in a, may I mm -hmm. save yourself, set some boundaries, set some stipulations. If they are not met, save yourself the years of headache and heartbreak and move on. Yeah. Especially if there's any kind of physical abuse or anything like that or involved addiction. or even just verbal abuse, like anything along those Say, lines. Hey, listen, I love you. Go get your shit. Get, get, get better. Get, go get better. Leave but, me, leave me out of it. Leave our family out of it. And that's really hard to do. And people are like so enabling and they so make excuses for their loved ones. And, and maybe we see it time and time again. But the reality is it, it ain't doing, it ain't doing yourself or your family any good. And you've got to pull the plug. And, I don't and you mean can't, pull, yeah. I don't mean pull the plug like full divorce, but like you can't be here. Yeah. Until you, you get better. You need to go away. Yeah. Now, if you go and get, go away and get, and work on yourself and go get better. Hey, that's great. And then we can reintegrate and things like that. But yeah, we've seen too much of it. It, it just, because it just continues. Yeah. It will continue and continue and continue and continue. And it, it will just, it, it's like a cancer that just grows. 
So, and what happens, the sad part is people will do that, right? You did it for a little while. Oh, it will get better. It will get better. And eventually, it just doesn't. No, and and you, and I think. You just waste time in your life. I was, so my first marriage was abusive physically. And then my second marriage, I was married to somebody who was an alcoholic. And so the biggest thing being that, like, in those two circumstances, things were very different, right? Because the first marriage, it was, like, physically happening to me regularly. And then, and you know, there was also some drugs involved in that one. And then in the second one, it was, like, some actual, like, you know, just alcoholism stuff happening all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, in both of those instances, I had to leave. And I'm glad I did. But I shouldn't have even gotten in them to begin with because yeah. it was dealing with somebody two different people who were very, very, very broken and needed help. Yeah. So, and that's what I wanted to say. Like a lot of times I think people, you know, look at things like the next level down. So let's say not drug and alcohol related or whatever, but maybe the next level down, let's say is maybe bad food, Mm -hmm. you know, spending problem, Mm -hmm. um, womanizing, which however you see that, whether that's like a, obviously for a lot of people, that's a deal breaker, but a lot of people try to stay married, even though their spouse is like, stuck chasing women right or if it's a maybe it's a woman that just keeps going out on her dude like whatever that's more rare but still you know run away dude (laughs) run in those circumstances right Mm. when it's just not like okay i this is a deal breaker so i'm gonna leave you because you won't stop eating shit food or like obviously that's not the way that the world works right but what i wanted to address with that is like almost always right when somebody's got a bad food addiction and they're struggling to either quit smoking or quit overeating or something along those lines, or let's say it is something with, you know, a womanizing thing where you're, you're kind of going out on your partner, whether it's like just on the internet all the time or it's like in person, however that is. So gross, man. Well, the thing is, is that those are just symptoms of a much deeper, much bigger problem, right? So it's like all that stuff, right? When we talk about the yeah, ago, why are you doing that? Right. Why do you feel the need to do that? Why? Why is that the place that you go to for coping or pleasure? Yeah. Right. So instead of saying, "Okay, you have self sabotage from prior trauma," right, That's and it, it and it's most likely because you are okay. Let's say those things are the symptom of having no purpose, mm-hmm. and your lack of purpose is a symptom of trauma, abandonment, disappointment abuse, whatever it may be, right? So explain how the agogi addresses those things. Well, we have, that's and that's kind of the onboarding process is digging into their why. Like what, like, but the thing is, you got to keep in mind that like we're not like pulling people random off the street. Remember we were talking about this in the, I think we were traveling or in the car or something like that. We're talking about the two things people need to change. They need to ask for help. One, like if if someone is like hurting and they're not asking for help, there's nothing you can do. Like they have to ask for help. Like if you offer, and and you can think about your own life and go. Every time I've offered assistance to someone who hasn't asked for my advice, where does it go? In one ear, out the other. Mm-hmm. So they have to ask for it, and then they need to want it. If they don't want it and they haven't asked for it, they're not there. So you got to keep in mind the people that are coming to us. That, that are joining the agogi every single day, which is, is amazing and wild. They want it. They're they, ready. They're ready. They've gotten to the point. We have this question is like, you know, 
um, how fed up are with you with the way things are one through 10. And like, that's what we need to know. And if they're at a 10, we're another ready. If they're at a six, it's like, you're, you're not ready. You're not ready to join because the reason why that I say that is because when things get hard, you're going to revert to these old ways, these old habits, these bad habits. But when you're fed up and you know what those things get you, when you get to the, when you get to that point and you're like, Oh, I'm, I got to change. I have to change. I have to be a better father. I have to be, I have to lose this hundred pounds. I'm going to die. You know, this is where I'm at. I can't even play with my kids cause I'm so like so overweight or so broke or whatever. Um, that's when you go, I don't care about the old habits because I can't go back to that. I'm moving forward. So it's a little bit different because when we sit down with them, they're already at that point. And then what we can do is go, okay, so why do you want to become better? And then that becomes a fucking anchor in their life. And sometimes it's a majority of the time, which I love, and it's sad for wives because men don't always get better for their wife. But when kids come around, specifically fathers, and they see them not living them living up to what they could be, their potential as a, as a father, they typically go, that's because I need, I need to be a role model for my kids. So that's when getting up at 4 a.m. and doing 200 burpees for time, and, and I'm just as hypothetical as always, you know, doing 200 burpees for time in a driveway at four o'clock in the morning at 30 degrees, I can do that. But if it's just to look good naked or for my wife, like getting up at 4 a.m. out of a warm bed to go out in 30 degree weather to do 200 burpees for time doesn't sound that appealing. But you remove your own pain, you remove your own desires for it, for this other thing to be able to serve or become something better for someone else. Well, that changes the game. So what we do is we figure out what that why is for them. And then that becomes the anchor. So giving them and that even sense in the, of purpose. Like when we did the project, like, you know, I was <laughs> the first 24 hours, you know, basically, I don't know if I'm giving away something here, but the first 24 hours, like I'm just talking you into quitting on yourself. And then after that, it's more about like, remind, like, why the fuck are you here? Like, this is about to get really shitty. And if you don't know why you're here, you won't make it. Because when you're doing that hard thing in life, and this is just, obviously the project is like a 75-hour experience to where it's it's a lot of, they have to put immense amount of pressure, right? You have to put an immense amount of pressure in a 75-hour experience that would normally take maybe two years. Yeah. Right? So it's like we're putting all this pressure on them, this pain, to signify life. But if you can push through that short amount of time, just having that anchor of why you're doing what you're doing for the people that you're doing it, why you're evolving into this other type of being, well, then when you go home or when light, when life hits you, when adversity hits you, because it will, you have the resilience and you have the foundation of the reasons why you're doing the hard things, the hard work, why you're getting up early, why you sacrifice why you restrict your calories, why you're not giving into pornography and all the other bullshit. You know what I mean? Why you're not just, you know, finger fucking your iPhone, all the reasons why you are becoming something better. So that's what we do in the agogis. We get them to anchor. Then we have them list out their priorities. Like what is your top, like your big rocks? Let's do the big rocks, man. Let's look at your routine. Is your routine and your priorities congruent with what you need, what your priorities are? 
Are they running simultaneously? And typically they're not initially. And that's when we shift that. And as soon as we shift that with anchored to their why, their whole life starts to change even early on. I mean, I've got messages. I should share this shit more. But I got messages of people that have been in the program for like three, four days. And they're like, holy shit, man. I already feel so much better. And because what we're doing is we're removing things that don't align with their true hearts, their heart desires, their true priorities in life. And as soon as you remove those things, it frees the weight off of them. And they see, holy shit, I can do, I can be this person. I can serve these, these people. It's an amazing thing. And it's like, the long answer that, to your yeah, question, no, but, but it's like then, you know, with that sense of purpose, mm -hmm. you no longer have this like strong desire for pleasure all the time because it's not like you're trying to fill a void anymore. Right. Yeah. I think that's probably that's what pleasure is. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a black hole that you can never get enough of. That's the reason why like drug addicts will overdose because you can never get enough. But you There's, just need more to get high. Just need more. You need more. You need more. You need more. You're never fulfilled. Yeah. You know. So like across the board, like when we're talking about this stuff and we're talking about building a stronger family and, you know, being the leader for your family, you know, male or female, being the leadership of your own home and your own family, our picture in our minds and our hearts of what that looks like is congruent. Nick and I, like we've been together almost 10 years and we have built a picture of exactly what we want our family to look like and it's congruent and that is what we work towards every day and so in and if you don't have a partner that's on the same page with you mm -hmm. and they are struggling with the starbucks addiction or the shopping addiction or they just can't leave their phone buy, alone buy buy starbucks and then have a sticker that says fuck capitalism <laughs> If they're in, if they're in that boat, it's not necessarily because they're just addicted to sugar. I mean, yes, sure, they're addicted to sugar, but they're using those things yeah, as course. a void filler for a sense of, you know, a lack of purpose. Mm -hmm. And so maybe if that is your spouse, you you just can't get them off the couch, and you're paying the bills, and you can't get them to do anything around the house. What's the picture they look at? What is the picture that they want to look at, and and why are they? having a lack of purpose and that's more maybe the questions that you're looking right. to ask yeah go deeper wonder be curious and then and and moving forward with that and like i just you know i really want you to address this because to me this is just like we talked about this the other day a friend of mine posted you know that her son turned 13 and um she posted they took him to hooters mm. there was a big like to do like it was his birthday party at Hooters. I don't know if we have enough time left in the <laughs> podcast for me to dive into this. Well, only because it's like, as you're moving forward and you're building your family and you're talking about your daughters and your sons, how are they turning into a strong leader as yeah. well? And yeah. how are you shaping them to be a strong leader? Because that matters because that's going to affect the rest of our country and the rest of our lives forever. Well, I think, and then what they, what, what it was, they, this young man turned 13 and I hope they don't listen to this podcast. I'm sure they do, but go ahead. Yeah. Fuck it. So people will look at taking a young person there as like a rite of passage. Like, oh, you're old enough to go look at Teddy's now, so we're going to go to Hooters. Okay. I, I got nothing against Hooters and, you know, at large, whatever. It is what it is. It's been around for a long time. Hell, I was the kid. My freaking uncles and people and whoever, you know, in-laws would take me there as a kid, and I freaking loved it. I really did. 
But, but, um, what message is that sending? And now that I'm older, what does that create in a young man's mind who doesn't have the emotional intelligence to understand what things are and what they're not? Because immediately what it is, is you're, you're creating an environment where young men basically look at women and you and I had a different take on it. But the way I looked at it was you're creating an environment for young men to sexually objectify women. Now, listen, I get it. Women are sexy. Women are beautiful. I still think that I'm married to one and I still think women are sexy and beautiful, but the problem becomes in that's all they are. You don't see their true value of what they are. You don't see their heart. You don't see their desires. And that's when a young man is becoming a man. These are the ideas that you need to put into his head. Right? So when you're taking him there as almost like a rite of passage, essentially what you're doing is you're taking him down the wrong road to where women are now a sexually objectified object. Not something that needs to be protected and cared for and treasured, and treated like a queen. You know what I mean? These are very different thought processes. But how? You, but what we can do as men is teach our young men that. There's a big difference there, and, and that the, the path of that young man's life, are those, two, those are two very distinct paths. So my point when I heard that was like, ah, oh, it, it broke my heart when I when I heard this because what we're trying to do with the Squire program, now that's a rite of passage because in the Squire program, we are talking about that. We are talking about them being a rite of passage or, or, or being something that is protected and something that is treasured. And so, like even your mother, like your mother, you need to look at your, a young man needs to look at his mother like that is the queen of the house and she needs to be protected. She needs to be treasured. She needs to be respected. I don't think that taking them to Hooters for their first outing or whatever it is, that is not that is not creating those thought patterns in their in their brains. The patterns they're creating is titties are awesome. And yes, they are. Yes, they are. They are. But like for a 13-year-old boy, that's not where his head needs to be. He needs to understand those things are like, those are life-giving things. And they are fun for you later <laughs> in life. But the reality is, is we need to make the, the problem in this life because then what happens? Now we're objectifying women. And listen, I was one of those guys. Like, I went there and guess what? I had a long, like, I didn't have a big drug and, and I had a little bit of an alcohol problem, but not like that. It was more, you know, intentional alcohol problem. Like, I kind of <laughs> made myself have an alcohol problem. But my issue was always, like, younger, younger was women. And maybe that's why. And I did. I I looked at, I, you know, I was younger. I looked at women as like an object. To be conquered. To be conquered. Not not something to be treasured or, or protected. It was it was through the years of growing up in life that I realized that, oh, this is, this is not the, the right way. But that was through the addiction of personal growth and professional development. So it's a very dangerous thing. It's a very, very, I would never take my son there. Not because it's a, it, the food's bad or anything like that. But I don't want him to build those pathways to, to, to look at a woman that way. I want him to grow up to being a knight. I want him to be, a, you know, a, a Spartan warrior, if you will. The one that, that has service above everything else. Anyways. That's and you know honestly the only thing like I don't have any issues with you know women and their sorry 
what the last thing I'll say is it you are you are cultivating a, a an environment for a young man to start seeking pleasure. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's that's what it is. You're 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 cultivating. You're, you're one. You're objectifying women. You're creating that process and that thought pattern in their brain. But the second thing is you are also creating a pleasurable experience that they're going to start chasing versus over purpose and servitude and understanding their identity and who they are. And that's what I was going to say. I think the biggest thing for it for me is not necessarily Twin Peaks or Hooters or whatever. I have no issues with their outfits. Obviously, I wear my swimsuit half the time, but like. This is what it comes down to. It's not about that even for me. I just don't like that it's being used as a rite of passage. It really is. Because what else is there in the U.S.? Pretty much the only thing that you can say is a rite of passage in the country that we live in right now for American kids is a driver's license maybe. Young, specifically young men. Women do have a rite of passage. It's a biological rite of passage. Sort of, but yeah. it doesn't really give you any identity. No. So, so you know what I'm pro- There's a process in which women... Young girls become women. Yes. However. Now, whether they're good women or not is a a thing, but that is a. It just happens. It it turns on. And there you are. But you essentially have a seat at the table of womanhood at that point. Yes. However, you don't understand that if you don't have anyone in your life. Yes. Creating that conversation. Yes. For young men, there is no process that goes from being a boy to a man. There's nothing that says you get a seat at the table. This is not Africa where, which is badass, by the way. There's tribes in Africa that's like, you're not, you don't get a seat at the table as a man until you kill your first lion. Right. That's a, but that's what I'm saying. There's like, a rite of passage. I, I, I feel like mo- uh, uh, so many other countries and cultures have these big rites of passage, bat mitzvahs and, you know, quinceañeras and all these things. It's like, we are going to communicate and show you that you have passed this over and that this is what it this means. This chapter of being a child is done. Is done. And we're celebrating you being an adult and this is what it means to us. And right. here's what we're going to give you with it. And usually right. they incite wisdom. They have them read from whatever, you know, religious yeah. book that they are with. And then here in our country, we're a melting pot. We don't have it. So let's take the kid to Hooters. Right. Skip and that. So no identity. We're not going <laughs> to talk to you about your identity or your purpose or what this means for you now and what, what your responsibilities are. Yeah. We're just going to like throw titties in your face and give you a bunch of beer and, you know, so be it. So well, I, I think. you're not giving them beer at 13. Well, not at Hooters, but yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, uh, I hate to, hate to cut you off, but. We got to wrap it. That's good. So, um, guys, if you got some value out of this, which I know you did, please, you know, give us a thumbs up, drop us a comment on YouTube, or if you're listening to this on one of the uh, one of the the listening platforms, same thing. Drop us a review, give us five stars, uh, screenshot this, share this with your friends. You know, I know damn well that you have people in your life that need to hear it, and the only reason that you wouldn't is because your balls are in your wife's purse and you're too chicken shit. To send it to your friend who needs to hear it. So do just that. And um, tune in for the whole month of May for Building Stronger yeah, we're, Family we're Series. Have, uh, we're talking to Matt Bardew about education and um, Jeff Smith about fi- about uh, family financials. and, uh, and Melissa sev- Barton about sex. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a sex talk. That's going to be fun. And then, uh, yeah, and we'll go from there. It's going to be a fun month. So anyways, all right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. <laughs>